How do I lose the extra spare tire? Oh, no, going that extra of, distance. I kind of would this say. Maybe she's at a plateau. I don't know. I, I don't really like that question. <laughs> I had a lot of problems. We with that had question. a good debate about that <laughs> question. Well, it's it's important to know because if she just if she's pregnant, no, if she's pregnant, you you're s- right. You but see, like, because the pregnant women, the, I have this one sergeant who's at she, like she fucking kicks ass at her workouts, but she says she can't lose that excess weight around her stomach because of her kids. Like sometimes you just got to get a tummy tuck. No, listen, that's bullshit. And there's something I guarantee you that if I took a deep dive into her diet and she, nutrition no, no i guarantee okay, you i guarantee okay. you there's something i can change okay. i guarantee you there's something that can be improved upon i guarantee you 100 percent. Right. okay okay that's something that you'll learn that is something that you'll learn mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. sometimes it is necessary you know uh to get surgery to get the stomach band surgery and shit like that sometimes ma- that's okay, like so life maybe, or death shit maybe that's like a little like Sweet, I got that extra st- extra skin cut off, tucked in. Now I can start building the muscle, or now I can start toning up. Maybe it's just yeah. like a mo- a motivational push. Maybe that's not. It's not. It's definitely not going to. Chances solve are all there's problems. shit that's wrong. Chances yeah. are there's shit that's wrong. Anyway, in this episode, we talk about a lot of different shit. So, um, stay tuned. Staying consistency. Staying consistency. Staying consistent with your workout. Um, you know how to be consistent. Caffeine usage, the Russian sleep experiment, leg press versus squats. We we went we went pretty in depth with this episode. So um, before we get into it, leave us a rating and review in your podcast player of choice if you could be so kind. And check out the free workouts that we have over at executivefitllc.com forward slash guides. Uh, there will be some more. The next guide we're going to be working on is how to increase your bench press. So keep an eye out for that. And without further ado, let's get into this episode of Drive with Woody Fit. In a world full of waste trainers, fad diets, and bro science, three friends come together to drive against the myths with facts, studies, and experiences. Welcome to Drive with Woody Fit with your hosts, Nate Woods, Megan Woods, and Michael Stewart. So okay. someone at drill that's better. Someone at drill was like, "Oh, you should name your kid Forest, so that way it's Forest Woods." That's so stupid. And I was like, "Well, if I have a kid, I'll be married, so it would be Forest Stewart." That's oh, stupid. And then they were like, "And I was like, oh, well, my brother could ha- he's having a yeah. son. You could name his son Forest." So I texted him and I was like, "You should name your son Forest, Forest Woods." And he was like, "Uh, no. It's annoying because you just wanted to be Gump at the end. <laughs> That's all I'm, you're Forrest Wood. I'm like, you're wrong. <laughs> I knew uh, a, I, when I was in AIT, I was friends with a girl who her boyfriend's name was Forrest. And, but sh- they were both of Native American descent and they both lived on a reservation. Mm-hmm. So like it almost kind of made sense th- that, but like, like we're just we're white people like yeah <laughs> you know what i mean like we're just like yeah it would be like it would be white people names the kid would be growing up <laughs> i mean not really but it's just like it it has literally no i mean we all have really white people names oh yeah nate megan and michael like well yeah. nathaniel not Na- nathaniel yeah. <laughs> <laughs> as everybody says <laughs> nathaniel funny no so uh, like i was telling you guys um on friday i went to get my hair cut i had great clips and then 
it was too busy, so we ended up leaving. But w- when we walked in, there was um, there was this mother with with her daughter sitting there, and her other daughter was getting her hair straightened. And the daughter that was sitting there was sitting there on her phone, and she had this crazy forward head because she's sitting in a chair, and she was sitting upright. Oh, like but this. yeah, but then her phone was you know like right around her chest area, and mm-hmm. she was looking down at it, mm-hmm. and like it was just like it i saw it and i was like oh my god she's gonna have so many issues if she keeps this up in the future because you know she's she was young she had to be like maybe 12 13 at the most oh gosh right so like you're still growing into your body at that point Mm -hmm. and so you know your body's still growing and when you if you put your your body in a position like that where you are chronically leaning forward or you're uh you know let's just say in particular this this reason she's she's chronically leaning forward um her body's gonna grow into that shape and and get used to that shape right she don't have a home back yeah she's gonna develop this weak upper back she's gonna develop this tight chest and just live and live with upper cross syndrome and it, it just hit me like holy fuck like it, and it was it was almost disgusting how how much forward her head was and like her spine literally had an s in it going up to her fucking Ugh. skull like it almost like at the top of the bend like almost came parallel before it went up into like you know like the top of the like it was fucking like i'm alien shit i am picturing an alien yeah, it's, it's like <laughs> literally like alien shit and I was like, oh, my God. Like, And it's like, it's it's not really her fault. And it's not really her mom's fault. But, like, just out of ignorance, like, they obviously don't know. You know what I mean? Like, like obviously, the girl doesn't know. She's so young. Like, and the mom doesn't know. But it's like, this is almost, uh, I'm, I'm like, watch, seeing this. I'm like, oh, God, I feel so bad for her. And, like, I thought to myself, like, this is literally, like, part of the message that I want to convey with the podcast and being able to podcast to reach a a lot of people with this message is that shit like that is going to cause issues in the future. And, I mean, you'll learn this. You'll you'll learn a little bit of it. Megan's about to start her her personal trainer school. She's going to get her personal trainer certification. Possibly. Possibly soon. We'll We'll see. I first have to file my taxes. Yeah. Anyway. Um, you didn't do it yet? No. Oh, my god! I'm going to do it this weekend. Calm down. I did it. And usually I do things way after Wait a you. second. Wait a second. Did you do it or did your mom do it? Ooh, Ooh savage. Boom roasted. And my mom. It's called teamwork, Meg. <laughs> Wait, so did you use TurboTax or did you use? TurboTax. You did use TurboTax? I yeah. used TurboTax. Too. It took me two Same. days to do it. Two days? What? It took me two nights. Just because there was so no. much. There was so much. Oh well, now that you have like your house and all that kind yeah, of stuff. Yeah, you, once you add oh, in I'm like simple, yeah. Once yeah, I was you gonna add say, in, if mine takes two days. No, like, no, like <laughs> once you add in a house, dependents, like other write-offs, because like when you like buy stuff for like fixing up your house, you can write that off. Like there's so much, mm. and you know, like my in my home gym is considered my home office. So, like, you have to do the math to figure out the square footage of that compared to the square footage of the house and what percentage that is oh and how gosh. much you can write off of your mortgage. So, like, did you get a nice tax return? Yeah, it was really yeah. nice. Lucky. Yeah, it was really nice. 
I don't know why. Um, what was I going to say? Frick, 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 frick. Fitness. Damn, I'm really having this issue lately. I With like, forgetfulness? Yeah, like I'll try to, like I'll have something that I want to say to somebody and I, and I just forget. You, you might want to cut down mind. cut down on the caffeine and, and start sleeping more. I have been. I'm sleeping at least eight hours for the past are five really? nights. Yes. What about your caffeine? Like how much caffeine are you? I have 20 ounces of coffee in the morning, like for class or during work. And I'm only drinking coffee now because I know I'm going to be up late. Right, because you got to study. Yeah. You get that pre-workout too. Oh, true. That's a lot. And that probably has a good bit of caffeine. So you might want to start paying attention yeah. to that, to how much caffeine. Because caffeine has a 10-hour half-life. So like, if you consume 50 milligrams you know, at noon, by 10 o'clock at night, you still have 25 milligrams inside your body. So, which means you're not getting the full amount of sleep that you need. Right. And like also like we you also have to remember that like, you know, your body will metabolize caffeine differently, like just the way that people have different metabolisms. You know, you know, you remember John, my friend John from high school. I'm not going to drop his last name. Oh, okay. I mean, you had a lot of friends named John. Okay. Well, the one that (laughs) the one that I met at Votech. Okay. yeah. Yeah. So he in high school was at a point where he could drink a pot of coffee and go to sleep. And he would, <laughs> like he he had done that in high That's school. Me. Like yeah, he would like <laughs> drink a pot of coffee to stay awake late at night, and then just go to bed. And like he had he developed a very fast uh, caffeine metabolism from drinking a lot of caffeine. That's why, you know, it, it, you mean tolerance, right? Like you drink a lot of caffeine for a long period of time, and you yeah. get used to it, and yeah. your body gets used to it, and you just like whatever. It becomes like, ineffective. It becomes what it's ineffective. To do, it becomes yeah. ineffective. So. Um, and then you need more to feel the same effect. So I would take a look at that and maybe consider doing what I do is the first through the fifth every month decaf. I mean, if you mm-hmm. like coffee that much, if you don't mind not, cause, cause I like my morning coffee. So that's yeah, why I it's do more, decaf. That's what, yeah, I, I typically do it in the morning just for like a comfort thing. Not because I need to wake up cause I like waking up. I'm, I'm a morning person, but mm-hmm. we'll see. I mean, and sleep, sleep is of course important of it. So have you guys heard of the Russian sleep experiment? Is that, I feel like I do. Is that uh, where yeah. they kept them awake? Yeah. yeah so so say, the Russians like discovered, so. That's scary. I, I've been like working with one of my clients about sleep and. I've been working I'm, with the Russians. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I mentioned the Russian sleep experiment to him because I was like, literally like if you go a week without sleep, you will die. Like mm-hmm. you can survive longer without food, but if you go without a week, you will die. Like, it's a fact, right? Mm -hmm. You can survive without food if you have water, but you can't survive without sleep. And so we're trying to work on his sleep and get, you know, create better sleep habits. And I was like, have you heard of the Russian sleep experiment? He was like, no. And I was like, what? So I sent him the YouTube video and told him to watch it. But, like, basically what it is is uh, the Russians discovered this gas that inhibits sleep. So they took five prisoners of the state and told them you know we're gonna do an uh, experiment on you with sleep you have to stay awake for 30 days and if 30 days originally it was 30 days they didn't even make it they didn't even make it to 30 days so they were like you got to stay awake for 30 days and you know if you survive then you're not a prisoner anymore you can go and be on your way and so of course these (laughs) five were probably like fuck yeah i'm gonna get it freed like all i gotta do is stay awake hell yeah (laughs) so they put them in this chamber and this was before they had like uh, cam cameras and shit. So all they were able to do was communicate with microphones into the cell. Mm-hmm. So um, they put them in this chamber. They pumped the chamber with enough gas that it would work to inhibit the sleep. But 
you know, that high would, like, high levels of this bodies. gas, high levels of of this gas was toxic, so they had yes. to be careful about how much they were pumping in. Right. So they pumped in all this gas. The prisoners stayed awake. Um, the first weird thing that happened was one dude just started running back and forth screaming, and like he and this was like after like a couple days, he would just run. He was running back and forth just screaming until he tore his vocal cords. Wow. Okay. So this so the first dude tore his vocal cords. Did he die because of that? No. Oh, not yet. Okay. So then <laughs> the next broken. day... <laughs> Which one died? <laughs> the next day, or maybe not been the next day, but the next event that happened, and this all, of course, happened over a period of days. Like, it wasn't the first day that the dude lost right, his mind. Right. It was a couple days in. Then the second thing that happened was they they covered up the windows because they had, like, glass windows so they could see in. They covered up the windows with their feces because they didn't want to be seen, right? What? So they mm. literally just, like, would poop and then rub the poop on the glass to, like, so that the scientists couldn't see them. Then um, they heard like whispering. These The prisoners were just whispering. And this is, of course, after like five, six days in. These guys are going without any sleep, like six days. Were they being fed like food? Yeah, they were being fed and okay, everything. Okay. But they stopped They stopped eating. They stopped drinking after a few days. And, um, and they were just whispering into the microphones, right? So then the, after a couple of days, the scientists were like, well, we need to figure out what's going on. Like, we need to know why they're not eating their food. We need to know why, like, you know, they don't want us oh, to no. see them. I know where this is going. So they went over the louds. The, you know, the microphones said, uh, you know, we're coming in. Um, and they went in. Or before they went in, they shut off the gas, right? So when they shut off the gas, they the, the prisoners in there started screaming because they and begging for them to, to bring the gas back, to turn the gas back on. So now the prisoners were like, I don't want to say addicted, addicted, but like felt like they needed the gas, right? Wow. Because they didn't want to go to sleep. Mm-hmm. So then... Why didn't they want to sleep, I don't though? know. So after they w- were done screaming and like that, they went back to like whispering in the microphones, like creepy shit. Well, di- okay. Did they lock the door to the chamber? Of course. Okay. Yeah, they couldn't okay. leave. There was no way for them to leave. Gotcha. So then they, the scientists, the, after all that happened, they turned off the gas. They said, we're coming in, um, you know, lay face down on the ground or we'll shoot you. Right, oh, or, right, or we'll kill you. And now, don't. mind you, this is after like only eight or nine days. So, like, they didn't even make it halfway before the scientists were like, we got to figure out what's going on. So, they went in and, um, you know, they told them, lay face down or we're going to shoot you and you're going to die. And, you know, in return for letting us in, we're going to free one of you. We're going to choose one of you and one of you will go free. Look at all these incentives. Sorry, right. I didn't mean to like play. For so I guess when they went in, everybody was like, they didn't like try to attack the scientists or anything, but they went in. And they found one dude's body mangled and like parts of his body stuffed in the drain on the floor. Oh my god! And there god. was like there was a couple of they said in the the thing that I watched about it they they said there was a couple of inches of red fluid on the floor. Now I don't know how big the um, the room was. The I don't know. You know what I mean? But like it probably was fairly small because uh-huh. they were prisoners after all. So right. they probably didn't give them the best comfort. But they said there was a, a couple inches of red fluid on the floor, and they couldn't tell if it was all blood or, like, blood mixed with, like, urine, water, you know what I mean? Because they were obviously giving them water. Yeah. So they couldn't tell, and it was obviously diluted in some way. It wasn't just blood. And um, everybody was, like, fucking crazy. They had, like, they had like parts of their arm, like, parts of their body, like, ripped off. Like, they ripped off their own skin. Oh they had gosh. muscle hanging from their own like their own bodies their own muscle was hanging like half out of the body because they ripped it out and um, how did they not die from like blood loss i don't know and then and 
all of their fingertips were like worn down to the bone. Wow. So like, and then they ended up killing all of them. And like in one video that I watched about it, the guy was like, um, you know, who are you now? Or like, do you know who you are? Who are you now? And the prisoner was like, we are everything negative about you that's inside your inside you or inside your mind like some weird twisted shit and then they they ended up killing all of them because they all went fucking insane yeah there was no coming back from it. yeah but it was like like not even 15 days without with and mind you this is like the total extreme like no sleep you're not able to fall asleep because you could try to stay up as long as you want and eventually you're just gonna fucking crash and go to sleep like you know but when you're inhibited from falling asleep with a gas it's like oh fuck that is so, like, well, it's fucked yeah. up. The prisoners did attack, though. Did they? Yeah, they had guards, and they attacked. Because I only remember that because, like, the one prisoner, they were, like, freaking out about the gas, and they were, like, trying to stay awake. And, like, like, when they turned it yeah. off. Yeah, and, like, the one guy, like, just went after a doctor and, like, just ripped his face off right really? away. And I was like, Ugh. Oh, jeez. Yeah, and then they, like, locked him in, and then they were, like, looking at them and doing surgery to keep the one guy alive. Oh, were they? Yeah, and he was, I like, must have. Oh. I must have watched a different... Yeah, my, well, no, it was like thing. just like just an audio of like the story. It was like oh, some okay. creepy music. And my yeah, friend was yeah. like, "Listen to this." And I was like, "Okay." And I was like, "This was traumatizing." <laughs> yeah. Jeez. Yeah, I know. Like, it just goes to show, like how important sleep really is. Like, I mean, you if know, you don't sleep, don't you like start hallucinating and stuff? I'm sure they yeah. had gotten to that point where they were right hallucinating. because then they were whispering. I'm sure they probably heard voices sure in their heads. I just voices. didn't feel anything yeah. then after days. Just like numbness. Yeah, like yeah, that's right. Fucking weird. Don't you feel like that? Like even maybe not eight days, but like you know, you stay awake, you pull an all nighter for whatever reason, and then the next day you just feel numb. I mean, I feel no. like out of it. Like someone's yeah. like, "What's up?" And like, "What?" Oh, know. definitely. I've definitely been like that, where like somebody will talk to me and I like I can't process it right away. Mm. But I mean, I think I've only pulled one or two all nighters in my entire life so yeah. far, and I can't even remember if I made it through the next day like without, without taking a yeah nap without, without taking a nap or yeah. yeah 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 or without going to bed like really early. I can remember in basic training like feeling numb. Like, not sleeping very long, like, mm-hmm. when we were out in the field or something, yeah. and, like, you only got two or three hours of sleep. Like, I just remember one time we were walking, we were in a huge formation walking to PT, walking to the PT field, and I just remember, like, walking and falling asleep, and then, like, stumbling and having to, like, I've catch myself that. from yeah, falling, I've done that. Mm-hmm. and it's, like, that's something so unfamiliar because for me like i i love to sleep i would always find time to sleep but i would i would feel numb at basic training if i didn't sleep well i I mean we never slept makes like everyday things so hard you're like why is it so hard to walk and you're like why is it so hard to think and then like especially for me like why is it so hard to run yeah like i loved working out loved like doing pt like why am i slowing down like you run like a fat person then yeah i know you start to swing your shoulders and just use as much momentum as you can yeah no, I remember the biggest thing that I remember from basic is just telling myself, just fucking go through the motions. Like, just just do what they tell you. Go through the motions and you'll get through this. And I used to, like, I wouldn't even pay attention to what day it was or how much longer I had oh, left. Same. The All I paid attention together. to was getting to the next meal. Same. Like, we would wake up. <laughs> when I'd can be I like, eat next? We would wake up. I would be like, <laughs> okay, I have to do PT. And then... I'm going to eat breakfast. All right, I can get through PT and then get to breakfast. 
So I, you know, and then like after breakfast, you'd be like, okay, we're doing this until lunch. So you know what? I can do. I can go three, four hours until lunch. Yeah, like I can do it. That's exactly what I did. Yeah, and it was just the day up into three sections. Exactly. And then after after like final (laughs) formation, it was like, okay, I'm just gonna go to bed. Like I can go to bed. And then it was like, when you woke up, it was just like, okay, uh, PT, and then you know, fucking breakfast. Like, and it was just take it one day at a time. Like not even one day at a time. Take it one meal at a time. And I think that after I started doing that, it made it, it made it go by much faster. And oh, I think same. that, but still um, not sleeping was still an issue. Yeah, I, I think that you could even correlate that into working out and like changing your body if you're like, uh, you know, I want to decide you can start working out and you, you don't want to because like, you know, like it's us hard three, to get like into we it. enjoy it, you know, yeah. like we enjoy it, but not everybody enjoys working out. And you know, clients will tell me all the time, like you know in particular one she her schedule's changing or just changed and she's like you know i still want to be able to come see you during the week because i don't want to fall off the bus and that's such a foreign thing to me like you know i don't want to fall off the bus like i'm scared i might fall off the bus doing it on my own and like to me it's like you know i've i've made that time sacred sacred time you know and it it happens right now it, it may change in the future but right now it happens the minute i come home from work is you know drop everything change and yeah. go out in the garage and work out you know maybe spend 15 20 30 minutes with the kids and just talking to nikki but um you know that's sacred time to me it happens when i get home from work and i think that if you view that time as non-negotiable like this is a non-negotiable time for me is the time that i'm going to work out and you can even go as far as to make it harder to make an excuse to skip. So mm-hmm. uh, bring your, if you, a lot of people don't have the luxury of a home gym. So bring your gym clothes with you to work. That's what I do. And even if you have a bathroom at work, change at work before you leave. That's going to reinforce that behavior and that mentality of, okay, it, it's time to work out, right? Like I'm going to the gym after work, mm-hmm. right? Um, you know, don't, go home to change because as soon as you get home something comes up you forgot to get this for dinner now you got to run to the grocery store like when in reality you probably could make it with fitting your workout in but you might find an excuse to you know okay any excuse will make you change your mind right exactly so um you know if you can make it almost part of your work day you're done work you go to the gym or part of your school day you know if you're still in school you're done school you go to the gym and then you go home and study or then you go back and you get ready and you go to work. Like, you know, you just have to make it part of your non-negotiable day. I mean, work and school are non-negotiables, right? Mm-hmm. You have to show up to work if you want to get paid and you have to show up to school if you want to graduate. Right. So make going to the gym, you know, certain days a week a non-negotiable. You know, you're not allowed to skip it. Just like you're not allowed to skip work, just like you're not allowed to skip school. But I would also, um, with all this negativity, like, you're not allowed to skip the gym. You're mm-hmm. not, like, in te- instead of going at it in a negative way, like, because then you're like, damn, I can't hang out with my wife because I have to go to the gym. I, I can't hang out with my kids because I have to go to the gym. So give your like, say something positive. Say, I'm going to burn X amount of calories at the gym today, or I'm going to try to go for a PR at the gym today. That way you have a goal that day and, th- and it's something positive that you're looking forward to. I agree. And I'm also not saying that it's not okay to miss a workout. Well, like, no. Fuck. Yeah. It's a, like sometimes that happens. And sometimes, sometimes life yeah, happens. And sometimes like, life happens. It does need to be taken as a priority over top of working out. 
you know, hands down, nobody is immune to that. But, Mm -hmm. you know, what I'm what I'm really trying to say here is just getting there and doing something is a Mm non-negotiable. I don't necessarily think that you need to have a goal every time you go into the gym. You know, I mean, your daily goal for for some people just getting there and walking on the treadmill is success in itself enough because they probably don't move enough during the day Mm -hmm. you know what i mean just getting there and doing something even if you get there and you do a full body stretching routine because you're just not really feeling a full workout and leave fine like that i would consider that a success Mm -hmm. when you're still trying to reinforce the habit and the lifestyle of going to the gym regularly as long as you go it was a success Mm -hmm. right and of course like let's put that in perspective too you know if you go four times a week and that that's what your goal you want your goal to be and three out of those four times all you do is stretch because you're not feeling like working out like let's let's come back to reality here you know three out of your four days can't be just stretching because you don't feel like working out but if you're seriously like you know for women it's that time of the month or you know you're just in general not really feeling it as long as you showed up and did something i i personally i consider that a success mm-hmm. I oh agree. i heard something i i don't know who it was from it was something like powerlifter maybe so maybe different but he said um if you're not feeling it the one day and like you go in and you're just gonna go through the motions he said just take a rest day off and like the next day just hit it harder but it's okay to take that day off because mm-hmm. if you're just going to the gym and don't do anything it's just like a waste of your time or doing some bs stuff yeah then it's like why go in that day and right just hit it hard tomorrow and like take that rest day early yeah okay. i feel like that's also speaking more towards powerlifting probably not necessarily more just powerlifting people yeah, people that are regular yeah i would say experience because i'm like uh because like i had that because i had that yesterday i was like i don't know i was not feeling it mm-hmm. i felt like crap and i was like I, if i go in i know i'm just gonna do some crap workouts so or like, hurt yourself or hurt yourself yeah, yeah but the other thing is even if no. you go in and all you do is work on your mobility or you stretch and you just mm-hmm. allot that time to stretch you go in you spend 20 minutes stretching and you leave yeah it wasn't what your coach wrote you or what Mm. the program was supposed to be or what your normal workout is, but there's still a benefit there. Mm -hmm. You know, you still blocked out that time to Mm -hmm. go in and work on your body. And and even if it was just stretching dynamic, static mobility, whatever it is you do, you still got something out of it. I, I, I consider it, you got something out of it and you could even still consider it a rest day. If Mm -hmm. all you did was stretch and maybe you did some light, light cardio, if you felt like, you know what I mean? You Mm -hmm. could handle that. But so I, I do, I, you know, I agree with what you're saying. Like, just take the loss for the day and, and move on <laughs> and just look L. forward. Yeah, yeah, but, you know, at the same time, even there's still a carryover with if all you do is stretch. There's still a carryover mm-hmm. if all you do is, you know, walk, especially if you're, if you're not you, hitting, yeah. if you're not hitting 10, 12, 15,000 steps a day. Right. You know. At least you're getting up, getting your blood moving, like, yeah. and, and also making a habit of going to the gym. Mm-hmm. Like, even yeah, if you just went, yeah. yeah even that's if, the whole point. I was trying to put the words that you were trying to go for, but you're making it a habit. Mm-hmm. Even if you're not doing a program or like lifting weights, whatever day, you're still making a habit of going mm-hmm. there. Mm-hmm. Um, so I want to talk about warming up because, um, when when I first you know started working out, my warm ups were pretty much, uh, you know, two maybe three sets of the first exercise I'm going to do, at a lighter weight, 
then I'm going to do my working sets at, and then I'll start my working sets. So if I'm going to start with, let's say, you know, when I first started working out, I was going to Planet Fitness, and I would start with like a dumbbell bench press. It's chest day, right? So I'm going to do dumbbell bench press. I'd start with, I don't know, let's say 20-pound dumbbells, do a set of 20-pound dumbbells, then I'd do a set at 25, and then I'd bump up to 40, and I would do my working set at 45, you know what I mean? And then I would just start, you know, four sets of 10. Um, right now, what do your guys' warm-ups look like? Because I think it it's, would be important to go over what we're all doing and then also go over why it's important to do a proper particular warm-up. right particular warm-ups. Well, for me, I always do at least five. I try to shoot for 10, but sometimes, like if today I was short on time, so I only did five minutes on the treadmill, but I just walk at a two, 2% incline, like four miles an hour, 3.8 miles an hour, just something to like get myself moving, um, especially if it's early in the morning too. And then it doesn't matter what body part I'm working on. I always do a dynamic stretch like that I would do in soccer. So I'd stretch my legs, I'd open up my hips, I'd stretch out my back, like just like, you know, crack my spine every uh, uh, two ways, like whatever. Um, and then... So go into that a little bit. Like are you, how are you cracking your spine and whatnot? Like describe yeah. what movements you're doing to do well, that. Well, I mean, it, it, I was going to say it's kind of hard to describe the movement into a podcast but like i would just sway back and uh, sway side to side like turn yeah and rotate the body so you're basically right. doing if you imagine like a can opener you're, right you're rotating at the torso mm-hmm. and your hips are pretty much staying where they are and your feet right. are staying planted on the ground you're right. you're rotating your upper body in a circle mm-hmm. okay try sometimes it doesn't crack or whatever mm-hmm. but um, other times it just feels good to get a stretch in you know what that's doing this, I'm I'm gonna teach you right now because you're gonna oh, be studying yeah. between. That's your your you're moving in the transverse plane, mm-hmm. okay, which is move rotation back and forth, mm-hmm. and you're kind of working on your transverse mobility by by twisting the spine mm. like that. Imagine if imagine if for the listeners, imagine if your your upper body was separated from your lower body, and you you could spin your chest around 360 degrees like you're on a swivel. And your hips and your feet stay where you are. That's basically the movement we're talking about here. We're talking about like twisting back and forth. Yeah. And is, is that necessarily bad? No, no, no. That's good. Oh, that's okay. that's part of what I do as part of my warm up is is working in in you know uh, working on my upper body, the, the transverse, the uh, rotational movements, mm-hmm. and then in my hips. But continue. Yeah. And then uh, sometimes like I'll do whatever the movement is I typically start with a compound movement first so if it's like squat day I'll do 10 air squats and then I'll put the bar with no weight on and do 10 more air squats to you know get my muscles a little warmed up Mm -hmm. and then whatever my working set is I'll work up to it Mm -hmm. so it's always a slow you always slow build up slow process yeah slow process that's pretty nice Mike what about you um I do slightly the same as Megan just because, like, we walk together on the treadmill. Mm-hmm. But I feel like the treadmill, probably for the both of us, is, like, that time to, like, get into the gym mindset. Like, put the headphones on. That, that, like, that's our cue of, like, oh, well, see you later. Yeah. <laughs> like, putting on the <laughs> that headphones. That actually happened today. I was like, are you listening to music? Yeah. Because I, like, I am. Yeah, I will. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Uh, started with the treadmill always. Or, like, 
sometimes I'll do rower if it's like deadlifts because I like to warm up the back and the legs as well. It's like the perfect warm up. But then for like upper body, like chest days, I'll just hit machines because I always just feel like the machines are like nice. I don't have to put too much and it's like nice to warm up and it's easier to do like half reps and then like do a quick like concentric and the slow eccentric without like worrying about the weights. And I don't know. I feel like uh, I feel like when I do like um, a fast concentric, it's working like that different twitch of the muscle, you know. Like, like type two, type one, type two muscle fibers. Yeah, and like instead of going like going slow and going fast, I'm trying to warm up like both of the muscles. If that makes sense. Yeah. Well, like the movement of actually yeah. going slow is yeah. not training a different muscle fiber oh, type. That was right? like slow twitch and then fast. Yeah, twitch. but slow twitch and fast twitch refers to, um, you know, your slow twitch muscle fibers. Mm-hmm. Or like your endurance muscle fibers, oh, right? So, so like, embarrassing. yes, yeah, so, no, it's okay because you're you're learning. Yeah. Here. So your slow twitch muscle fibers mm-hmm. are are basically like stuff that if you were doing like I'm going to use an exercise mm-hmm. for an example, um, twenty to thirty reps mm-hmm. on the bicep curl, and you know you're doing them really slow. Mm-hmm. You're you would need more slow twitch muscle fibers to do that right or like running long distance running a marathon you're using your slow twitch muscle Mm -hmm. fibers you know what i mean like like um marathon runners have i guess we could say a lot of slow twitch muscle fibers in like their hips and their legs because from all the long distance running Mm -hmm. and constant pounding on the pavement over a long period of time whereas power lifters where who are only going for like one rep max generally would have more and trained the type two or the the fast twitch muscle fibers more because they need to generate a lot of force as powerfully as possible in the shortest amount of time and so and there's even a test you can do i don't know i I forget what it is but it's it's a little pretty in-depth but you can do a test on your body to figure out you know like if your biceps you know, it does it have more type type one or type two muscle fibers. I'm pretty sure type one is slow, type two is fast. You know, does it have more type one muscle fibers than type two? Um, that way, you could essentially focus more on your like training, um, on right? your like higher rep okay, stuff yeah. to get more of a result from from the muscle versus you know if you. Hmm. But that's getting really in depth, and I'm not sure how much efficacy there is behind that. But basically, you know, moving slow, like doing a slow eccentric mm-hmm. movement, is not training necessarily the type one muscle mm-hmm. fibers um you know if, if you can only do that if you're using a weight that you can only do that for you know five to eight reps with and that's lasting you 25 to 30 seconds then yeah you're training your fast twitch muscle fibers mm-hmm. there but you could be doing slow eccentric rows okay. with a weight that's light and controllable and do it for 15 20 25 reps and it takes you two minutes to do that and you're mm-hmm. kind of leaning more towards that slow twitch muscle fiber that you'd be training well yeah well anyways with like doing the eccentric and like the quick no the slow eccentric and like quick concentric i feel like i don't know it really helps me to warm up my muscles and then um sometimes i'll do like half rep at the bottom and half rep at top just Mm -hmm. trying to really get it warm because it's i don't know i feel like i have a problem getting it warm it takes me a while and then on leg days i typically take a little longer just because i had that knee problem the meniscus Mm -hmm. half torn right right so yeah so i take decent amount of warming up now like i used to not do warming up that well and was rough but now that i'm warming up i've definitely seen an increase in Mm -hmm. just i don't know so i have i've done you know no warm-up i've done Mm -hmm. i've done cardio i've made cardio a regular thing before i work out as 
part of my warm up. And now what I'm I do no cardio whatsoever right now mm. before going into my lifts. And you know, I always start with my biggest lift. Like it's either bench day, squat day, or deadlift day. And I always start with one of those three, right? Um, I'm never starting with like a dumbbell bench press. It's just, and the reason is, you know, for my, my goals right now is I want to get good at particularly my deadlift, but also I want to maintain or even slightly build my skill with the squat and the, and the bench. So, um, my warmups are focused on, um, kind of mobility, like they're kind of mobility, Mm -hmm. mobility, uh, centered, right. And also, in, in a rep fashion, so it's, it's it's almost dynamic stretching with reps. So particularly the one that I love to do is the shoulder dislocators, where you have the bar and you bring it up over your head oh, and I love behind. Those. Mm. Love That's one of those, those type stuff that I do prior to my workout, and then I'll go into I'll work on the areas that I'm about to use. Right, so um, I pretty much hit all of my areas. Like I'll hit my shoulders, I'll do rotational movements, and then I'll hit my hips as part of my warm up. But then, like, if I'm squatting or deadlifting, I'll focus a little bit more on my hips than I will the rotation or my shoulders. Just because I'm going to, I'm gonna, you know, need some decent mobility and flexibility in my hips when I go to squat, when I go mm-hmm. to deadlift. If it's bench day and I'm going to bench, I'm going to focus a little bit more on my shoulders than mm-hmm. I am the rotational or the hips. Right. And the rotational is kind of just, like, to maintain good rotational mobility, but... Because none of the movements that I'm doing is re- I'm really doing any rotating. I'm not doing any lifting with a rotation. Um, so my uh, you know like I said on on bench day I'll I'll focus more on the shoulder mobility and priming those muscles and kind of getting them warmed up before I go into um, that lift. And it's very very focused on the lift I'm about to do. So for bench press it may sound counterintuitive, but I'm I'm starting with light kind of we could call them band rows. Um, you know, to kind of warm up the muscles that I'm going to need to retract my shoulders and keep them there, right? I might also activate my lats with like a straight arm lat pull down just to get that quick mind muscle connection so that when I get down on the bench, I can activate my lats and keep them there. Mm -hmm. And then I'll do light work on like my shoulders and my chest to get the blood flowing to that area. Not really particularly my chest, but mainly the shoulders so that I get blood there. It's warm. The joint gets warm. You know, I've done a little bit of flexibility type movements to uh, loosen up the ligaments and the tendons. And, and then I'll do some, I guess we could call it volume type stuff where it's reps of stuff to get the muscle to contract so that there's blood there so that everything is warm and I'm ready to go into my lift. And I think that, you know, whatever your goal is, really whatever your goal is I think this is one of the best ways to warm up I don't think that cardio is not you know uh, shouldn't be part of it or that I'm not I don't want to demonize cardio in this I think if I weren't to have a treadmill in the house and I were to have a treadmill in the garage with me I might do a little bit more cardio Mm -hmm. uh, going into my warm-up but um, you know I think that if you do cardio and then you focus on the area that you're about to use right so if you're going to train legs you want to focus on your hips because there's going to be a lot of hip hinging and bending, you know what I mean, hip flexion and extension. There's going to be a lot of that in your workout. So I would focus on, you know, like you said, opening up your hips, kind of getting ready to get into these types of movements and then actually getting into the movements and slowly progressing up in weight 
You know, if you're doing a five by five at 250 for squats, you're not just going to load the bar with 250, do a couple air squats, load the bar with 250, and go squat. Right. Like you're That's an idiot. You That's that is exactly how you hurt yourself. You need to prime the body and get it ready, get everything warm, so that when you go into it, it, it doesn't feel heavy. Right. You don't want to go into a lift and it feel heavy. That's why we have this progressive buildup. You know, and depending on where you're doing your working sets at, like prime example, Mondays are my heaviest deadlift day. Um, it was a five by five at 350. So I did a decent amount of warm up sets. I probably did five to six warm up sets on Monday. Friday is going to be a dynamic deadlift day. So I'm doing uh, six sets of three reps with like 45 percent. It's like I think it's like just just over 200 pounds that I'll be deadlifting. So I'll probably do one or two sets at 135 and then just throw the weight that I'm going to use on and mm-hmm. go, right. right? I'm not I don't I don't necessarily need six sets, you know, to do six warm-up sets to do six sets of three reps with such a low weight, right? Mm-hmm. And mind you, so that six sets of three is at 45%, that 5 by 5 is at 80%. So it's a lot it's, you know, almost double yeah. what I'm doing on Friday. So you know, you got to look at what you're doing, how heavy you're going to lift, and and all of that needs to be taken into account. And I, I really think that there should be a bigger emphasis on the warm up. When you go to warm, when you go to work out, there should be a big emphasis on the warm up, mm-hmm. especially because if you're just an average person, and even like me, like I don't make money from powerlifting. It's just a sport and a hobby that I enjoy doing. So if I hurt myself training for this powerlifting meet or if I hurt myself in a meet, I mean, if I'm going to hurt myself, I'd rather do it in a meet. Mm-hmm. But like if I hurt myself training for a meet, it's like, well, what what the fuck am I doing? What the fuck did I do that for? Like, you know, like it's not paying my bills. Yeah, right. it's fun. But like that's why I think it's so important to take the steps that are necessary to prevent stupid injuries like that or like anything from happening, um, you know, because – like with your knee, like, and I'm not, I'm not trying to bash you or anything. He's okay. You know, and and sometimes, uh, you know, you're, you're predisposed to certain shit, Mm -hmm. but like with your knee in particular, like you, your goal was to get a certain deadlift to pull a certain, what was it? 405. Mm -hmm. Did you hurt it pulling 405? Mm, Actually, I heard it rock climbing. Oh, okay. So, I mean, okay, you heard it <laughs> rock climbing. So but That's my, like a lot of argument, turning of yeah, your Yeah, and my knee. argument is kind of null and void, but like okay. the other side but of still, it. But still, you could warm up before doing physical yeah, definitely. activities like that. Like, definitely, mm-hmm. and it's it's important too. And also, I think that if your hobby is rock climbing, your training might want to reflect that a little bit if your goal is to get better at rock climbing. But it wasn't. It was just for yeah, a you're fun just recreational doing, mm-hmm. activity. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The one thing I wanted to say about doing cardio before lifting, actually the other day, was it, what's today's Wednesday? Mm-hmm. Yesterday, actually. So I did 20 minutes of running intervals, you know, f- two minutes running pretty fast at eight and a half miles an hour and then one minute walking. And right after I did the 20 minutes of cardio, I squ- it was leg day, so I squatted. The 155 felt so heavy. It felt like... 200 like it felt like a a weight that I had never done before and I was like I wonder if this is because of doing cardio and oh sorry I just spit because (laughs) of doing cardio in the beginning because typically I do cardio after but Michael was like no you do it before you do it before so I don't know I was just well that's what I heard 
I heard well, if you I do also, it after working out, you like lose the muscle that you worked out, right? And I how also, would you lose that muscle that right. you just worked out? Because you just broke down that know. muscle. I just heard it. So All what you did I was tear muscle fibers. So yeah, no, so I heard it on the internet. What I heard <laughs> I was everything. if you do it after, there's more muscle growth. There's more availability of muscle growth versus if you do it before. I mean, you're sending two competing signals, right? When you do cardio, you're sending a signal to your body to slow the metabolism down because you need it to be efficient so that you can basically do long distance running, Mm -hmm. right? If you do steady state cardio, even if you do it for 15 minutes, it's not considered long distance, but like that's a decent amount of time to be running for. So you're sending a competing signal when you lift weights before. No, the signals are competing, regardless of when you do it. When you do cardio, you're basically telling your body, get more efficient with the calories that I eat, burn those calories slower so that I can go for a longer period of time. When you lift weights, the signal you're sending to your body is boost, you know, um, increase the metabolism because we need to be able to retain this muscle mass so that we can handle the stress that our body is being put on us. And so the the way that we do that is increase the metabolism so that we can burn these calories faster so that we can perform the stress that's happening. And, you know, the side effect of that is you build muscle and burn body fat. So those two signals are totally on the total opposite sides of the spectrum. So I think it's, you know, um, it's important to remember that when you're doing cardio and even 20 minutes is a decent amount of time, mm-hmm. um, you know, it, it only takes an average of 20 minutes or less, 20 minutes or less to run your two mile for the army PT test. Right. How, and that's two miles. When in your life are you going to have to regularly run two miles? Unless you're in the military yeah, never really. or it's required of you to do it regularly from whatever group or military or club you're in. How often do we run two miles? Fucking never. Not in this society. That's <laughs> unless why you're a weirdo and you unle- actually enjoy un- running. Un- right. Unless you enjoy <laughs> running and you want to run better. Like, fine. If you want to run, fine. Go fucking run. But, like, for the average person that wants to change the way they look, you know, they want to lose some body fat. They want to look better. You getting better at running, your body's going to change, especially when you go from nothing to something. But you would, you're kind of doing yourself a disservice by just running. Okay. So, anyway. The point that I'm saying with this is because they're two separate signals, uh, signals, you're not sending a signal to boost your metabolism. So you're sending a signal to slow the metabolism down. So my thought would be do cardio first so that you can then, okay, you're sending a signal for that 15, 20 minutes that you're running to slow the metabolism down. Then you go lift weights and you're sending a different signal that's saying, hey, let's boost the metabolism. And then after your workout, that let's boost the metabolism signal is still present versus if you lift weights and you're sending that signal of let's boost the metabolism and build muscle and then you go run and you're sending the signal of let's slow the metabolism down and then you're done your workout. Well, the last signal that you just sent your body was let's slow the metabolism down. Hmm. So I don't know if there's any science behind what I just said, but to me, that's what makes sense and that's what, that's what I would tell a client if they were saying, you know, should I run first or should I lift first? Run first, then go lift. Okay. And that's why. Yeah. It makes, I mean, it makes sense to me. Mm-hmm. And Michael's giving me the finger over there. <laughs> and I'm not. <laughs> so, all right, let's get to the questions. So I'm going to start with a question from Tanner. 
This is a good question. Is this our Tanner? This is our Tanner. Oh, Tanner. This is our Tanner. <laughs> All right. I hope you're listening to this, Tanner. Uh, Tanner says, leg press versus squats. Is there a drastic difference? I prefer leg press because I have pain in my hip flexors and hamstring area whenever I really try to squat to depth. Um, so Sounds for the like listeners, I know Tanner. Yes. I know. I, I grew up with this kid. Tanner's so. our big teddy bear. Yeah, so I know him. I know what kind of job he <laughs> I really he has. hope he's not listening. <laughs> he's totally going to listen. <laughs> when I tell him he li- that I answered his question on the podcast, he's going to listen. So, um, you know, this is very common for people who sit a lot. Because when you sit a lot, the hip flexors get overactive. The hamstrings get overactive. And your glutes are generally kind of get turned off, we'll say, right? They're, they're not really activated, right? And so one of my recommendations to him was, you know, make stretching the hamstrings and the hip flexors a regular thing for you. Don't just do it pre-workout or post-workout. Mm-hmm. It should be an everyday thing, you know, up to three times a day. Getting, you know, in the morning when you wake up, stretch the hammies and the, and the flex, hip flexors. On your lunch break, do it. And then at the end of the day, do it. Like, it has to be a regular thing mm-hmm. because you're constantly sending the signal of stay tight by sitting, right? And I'm not going to, you know, like, you're constantly sending that signal of stay tight because I sit for so long. So if you, if you are spending 10 hours sitting a day, let's just say, and... That's a long time. And you're only spending... 30 to 60 seconds a day stretching, which signal do you think is going to take over? The sitting one. Right, exactly. And there's no way you could stretch for more than 10 hours a day, and that's not what I'm getting at. Mm-hmm. But what I'm getting at is the importance of doing it regularly because if you're not doing it regularly, you're not sending that opposite signal of, no, it's okay for the hip flexors. It's okay for you to loosen up. It's okay for the hamstrings to loosen up. Right. You know, um, So if you're not doing that regularly – it's it's going to be almost impossible to fix that issue. And then he, he also told me that he's had this issue for a long time, even when me and him were working out together hmm. and hitting squats, you know, heavy together. He said he's had, he's had, and at the time, since that was, I knew a lot less than I know now, I was like, well, you just need to work on your flexibility. Like, you just need to get more flexible. And like, to a certain extent, I was kind of right, but I was also kind of wrong. Um, you know, and then also what you can do if you find that you're in that situation as well is activate your glutes before you go into squat. So how, how do you activate them? Hip thrusts. You know, one of my favorite easiest ways to do it is take a resistance band, wrap it around a, a rack at waist high, step into it, and do basically a Romanian deadlift with nothing in your hands and focus on driving the hips forward as you stand up and squeezing the glutes. And do mm-hmm. a few sets of those, 12 to 15 reps each, and then go into your squats. And you can even do them in between your squats. Mm-hmm. Now, you don't want to do it too much so that you fatigue the muscle because that's not what we're going for. What we're going for is just to kind of turn it on and kind of show it like this is how we're going to contract. Um, and then from there, you know, you go into your squats and they're kind of turned on. And now you're, rec- you're recruiting your glutes and you don't, you may not have that hip flexor pain. A while back, I went into squats I went into squat. I was rushed into this workout, so I didn't warm. I pretty much did no like priming or dynamic movements. Mm-hmm. I pretty much just did warm up squats and started squatting. Rut row. For the next three to four days, I think it was. I think it was at least three days. My hip flexors were sore as fuck, right? And it's because, and I knew it was happening when it was like at like set four. I was like, okay, I think I know what's happening with me right now. And by that point, I was like, okay, um, I fucked up. 
And so for three days after my hip, my hip flexors were sore and it's just because I didn't prime my body. I didn't warm up to, I didn't yeah. warm up properly into, um, going into squats. And I right. think it's important. It's very, very important, um, you know, to take that into consideration. And, right. you know, I didn't prime my body and I paid the price for it. Yeah. And I would even say for, as, along with stretching the hip flexors and the, um, hamstrings and all that stuff but also focus going back to hip mobility because it also sounds like he has very tight hips as well Mm -hmm. so if you focus you know there's easily videos on youtube on how to how to open up your hips how to my favorite one is the 90 90 Mm-hmm. is the 90 yeah, 90 stretch that that's my good. favorite one and that's something that i really need to work on as well hip mobility so it's like you're not the only one out there there's people who need to focus there's on people worse than you like yeah. the girl at uh great clips yeah there's people like girl, great clips. with the s back <laughs> she's got bigger bigger <laughs> problems than you but everyone has similar issues you're not alone so mm-hmm. but also i i and granted i am not certified at all i'd may be saying this wrong so stop me but i would also focus on before even squatting on days where it's not leg day maybe just air squat and focus on going down to the proper depth that way your body finds that muscle memory of mm-hmm. this is how it's supposed to feel but if you feel pain obviously don't do yeah that. I, I think that's a good idea and i also want to mention that um you know i've completed one correctional exercise course and i have two more lined up that i'm going to take and I think it's massively, it's so easy to self-assess. And I have some videos on the Facebook page about self-assessing your mobility. From the ankle video we posted, um, you know, which I think needs to make its way on YouTube. But I might make a, play t- a playlist on our YouTube channel of mobility assessments for people to do where you can go in and watch the video and see how easy it is to self-assess. Because, you know... I talked about the, uh, I know I talked about the overhead squat test. I know I talked about the PVC pipe squat test. I know I've talked about the ankle mobility test. And those two areas in itself, or those three things in itself, will give you enough information about your hips and your ankles to know, you know, where potential issues might be in your squat, right? So if you don't have, and I just, I want to also want to talk about this. I just made a post about, uh, ankle flexion or ankle dorsiflexion in a full depth squat and how elevating the heels can help with getting you lower in a squat. And the reason is because of ankle flexion. Ankle mm-hmm. dorsiflexion is when right. your toes, you know, your toes come up, right? That's dorsiflexion. When you point your toes to the ground like you're doing a calf raise, that's plantar flexion. So um, your ability to have good dorsiflexion plays a big role in whether you can get to proper depth in your squat now i posted a video or a a picture of me uh one picture was me just side view in a full depth squat feet feet flat on the floor and i drew air not arrows but i drew lines to show the angle of my ankle flexion Mm -hmm. i don't know if you guys saw this i saw it yeah Mm -hmm. it was pretty cool and then i did another you guys saw it another the second picture next to it was with two and a quarter inch of elevation on my heels and you can clearly see the difference in ankle flexion yes now, I this is what I fucking hate about the internet. I posted this in a group in a in some big fitness group on Facebook, and the post was only solely about ankle flexion. And you, I mean, I don't know if you read the whole thing because it was kind of long, but all that I talked about was how ankle flexion correlates to the proper you know, depth, right? The with your your ability to flex at the ankles correlates to your ability to squat to a certain depth. 
And I didn't, I even went to the extent to mention in the post that I do not squat this low with weight on my back and I do not have my clients squat this low with weight on my back. You know, something that I do and I tell every client is just break that plane. Get to 90, break the plane, and you went low enough. Because when you go below 90, you transfer some of the movement, some of the weight onto your glutes as long as they're primed correctly. And you take a little bit of the strain off of the knee by breaking that plane. So I posted in this group and some powerlifter dude commented on it. It was like, why the hell would anyone ever squat that low? And I'm like, okay, bro. You obviously did not fucking read the fucking article that I posted with the picture. Also, you literally just said by breaking that plane, okay, maybe not I actually going didn't all the way say, down. I actually didn't say that. No, no, no I'm saying post. you just said it right now. Yeah. But like, there's benefits of squatting to a proper depth. Right, exactly. Hello, Mr. Powerlifter, you should so know anyway, this. So, well, so anyway. Um, Come at me, even, bro. So I didn't get, I, I, I don't like to get caught up in shit. Like, I will 100% debate somebody in a Facebook group or anywhere about what I'm talking about, right? Like, but what I was talking about was not squatting to that depth. So I'm not even gonna, I'm not even gonna entertain you because like you're just cherry picking for a fucking argument at this point. Because you're trying to say that you know more than I do. Basically, and like you may, yeah, you may, you may know more than me. Maybe you don't. Okay, and there's no way to tell this. So I just let it go. And he got in an argument with somebody else because somebody just, else was saying how squatting to death was good. They're just lonely. Well, and then he went to talk about how he took. And this is this is where I want to wrap this up. Okay, wrap this all in. He went on to talk about how he talked to an orthopedic surgeon about his eight-year-old son lifting weights, and an eight orthopedic surgeon told oh God. told him to that you know squatting all the way down like that with weight is going to put excess tension and excess pressure on the patellar tendon which could lead to injuries down the road so don't let your son squat that low and I was like at that point I jumped in and I was like listen I like your your points that you just just made with the orthopedic surgeon and shit and like it makes sense it's easier to understand and I appreciate you sharing this but I think you overlooked the entire fucking point of this post Okay, I sat in a full depth squat to depict the difference in ankle flexion in a squat. Okay, and I even mentioned that I don't and I don't have my clients squat this deep. So just so you know, that's all it's about. No more, no less. Also, this eight year old, he's still developing. Of course, he's going to develop issues. Well, I think that I that's a different that's a different topic that we can debate on but no but like what i'm saying it's you can't compare an eight-year-old uh person an eight-year-old guy an eight-year-old son who's trying to lift compared to a 25 year old person who's trying to lift you're right you're right that's a completely different ballgame what we're making what what we're what we're saying is that what he's saying is that squatting to that depth yeah i'm I'm arguing he was he was told by an orthopedic surgeon that squatting to that depth is bad for the knees because it puts tension on the patellar tendon and here's what i have to say about that if you're an orthopedic surgeon and you specialize in knee replacements let's say okay and you ask people you know why do you, you, you get a lot of business, you get a lot, you do a lot of knee replacements and a common theme that you see is, is weightlifters or Olympic weightlifters or powerlifters that squat. You're going to think that squatting that low is bad for your knees because all that you see Are is the bad knee replacements yes. on people who squat that low. And just because you're an athlete, number one, 
does not mean you have the knowledge of what's good and bad, or even does not mean you have the knowledge of um, knowing your own body. I mean, yes, you're going to know your own body, but you listen. Something that you I read got on into the powerlifting way before I started to learn about mobility and flexibility mm-hmm. and proper biomechanics. I got into powerlifting before I started to learn about that shit. Now that I know about it, if you look at my perfect example, for my very first meet two years ago, back in 2017, if you look at, and it's on Instagram for anyone to see, if you look at the first and the second and the third squat attempt, they all look different because I did not have good hip mobility. I did not have good flexibility. I was just okay at squatting. Now, if you look at my squat in this last meet I did in 2019, the first attempt, the second attempt, and the third attempt are identical, which is because I've been focusing on increasing my hip mobility, increasing my flexibility, doing a proper squat, understanding the biomechanics that go into a proper squat, not trying to just get the fucking weight up and get to a certain depth and get the weight up and practicing the squat. Mm -hmm. There's a massive difference there, okay? So that person from two years ago is not the same person from this year. Based on knowledge and skill, they are two separate people. I am, okay? Just based on what I know and how good I was at the time. And that's a good thing because it shows that I learned and I grew and I and I applied the knowledge that I learned. So my point with that is just because you're an athlete does not necessarily mean you're going to study the proper things. And you can be an athlete and be an amateur athlete your entire life and not have good mobility, not have good flexibility, but be strong because maybe you're genetically gifted and maybe you work fucking hard at your craft and you've worked through some other injuries in the past, but because you don't have good mechanics or good whatever, you know, you have developed knee issues and you need a knee replacement. That's fine. But maybe if you had focused, that same person that got the knee replacement, maybe if they had focused on uh, the mobility and the flexibility and doing a proper squat and learning the biomechanics and all of that, maybe they wouldn't be in that situation down the road. And if you're that orthopedic surgeon and all you see is the people that need knee replacements because they squatted heavy when they were younger, you are going to think that squatting heavy is going to lead to knee issues. Mm-hmm. Hands fucking down. There's yes. n- there's no argument to that. If that's all you're exposed to, that's what you're going to think unless you go look into it and mm-hmm. you do the research. Mm-hmm. But if that's your life... That's what you're going to think, hands down. Look at the auto body industry. I see a lot of um, Honda Civics and Honda Accords and Hyundai Elantras and Sonatas. So I could easily make the assumption that like, fuck, people that drive these cars don't know how to drive, right? Or that there's something wrong with those cars. Well, we're not a mechanic shop, but you're right. Like, you know. Oh, okay. Well. Like people that drive these cars don't know how to drive, but... If you then let's take a step back and look at the statistics, maybe those four vehicles were the most sold vehicles in America by a long shot. You know what I mean? Or in our area by a long shot. So then there's the reason you're seeing a lot of them because they mm-hmm. sold the most. So right. it's, it's the same exact. It's just it's basically the same exact thing. And that completes my rant about orthopedic surgeons and shit. Let's get to the next question. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> All right. Um, 
Emily says, I've recently lost about 50 pounds and a total of 80 pounds. I work out about five to six days a week and I can't seem to get rid of the dreaded spare tire. Any suggestions would be helpful. Thank you. What does she mean by spare tire? Spare weight? The flab? Yeah, it's the, it's like, like the love handles and the, and the belly. Like just, it's an, it's just an extra, it's, it's what, it's what you call when you get old and you get like just a little bit of fat. It's called a spare tire. Yeah. You're not fat. You just got a little bit left to go before you're nice and tight. I gotcha. mean, congrats on losing that much weight. Yeah, yeah that's, that's awesome. fucking killer crap. That's awesome. Um, I mean, my first impression of this question would be, what's your diet look like? Sure, you could work out five to six times a week, but if you're eating shit food... Well, let's. We can't assume she's eating shit food because she's already lost that's 80 why pounds. I'm, well, that's what I'm asking. Yeah. Like, what does your diet look like? Maybe we can change your diet a little bit and maybe work it around your dial it in a bit. Yeah. Yeah, see what we can change based off of that. Um, How do you think she's been eating? If she lost, if she went, let's just say, let's just say she was 200 pounds. She lost her 80 pounds so far, so now she's down to 120. Oh, God. Wait, no, let's just say she was 300 pounds. Now she's down to 220, okay? And she still wants to lose, she wants to lose some more weight. Uh, Let's say, yeah, let's just, let's just use that, even numbers, okay? And what do you think somebody like that at at 300 pounds is going to do, diet-wise? Yeah, eat salads. Right, they're going to eat super low calorie mm-hmm. yeah right yeah they're gonna eat at a calorie deficit and then they're gonna cut calories when they start to plateau and whatnot i would venture to say she's probably not eating enough hmm. i would venture to and say and i was just about to say i think maybe she needs to up her protein and like see what her macros are looking like mm-hmm. and also i mean she never uh, the question is also very vague because a we don't know bit. what she's Talking about is she just doing cardio all the time like is she just right she just says i work out. like is she going to spin class Mm -hmm. like what is she doing maybe we can see if we can work in some weightlifting there to help tone up or you know whatever the case is what if she just has like a bunch of extra skin from losing so much like what if she had kids what if she had no okay we we can't just we can't just speculate let's just go off of the information that we have you know, she lost 80 pounds. She's got a little bit left to go. What would you do if you lost 80 pounds and you only have a little bit left to do? Honestly, no. I would argue I need to know these parameters. You're, you're because, right. Because it's okay. a full circle. If you if she lost 80 pounds, that's awesome. Like, was that just baby weight? Was that the weight that she had because she had triplets? Like, what's going on here? Like, I'm not going to try to make up an answer based off of one piece of information in Emily's life. I, I agree with you. I see your and, point. And with I this. know that we're trying to like make a podcast yeah. about it, but No, but we're to, having a good right. debate about we're having a good debate about this. And I think that, you know, give a, you can I I think you can give a decent answer based on the information we were given. She's already consistent, okay? She's already lost eighty pounds. She only has a little bit left to go. So what that tells me is something needs to change, especially if it's if it's really difficult, okay? One um, consider changing the way that you're training. Okay. If you're doing high reps, low weight, consider doing some strength training or some hypertrophy training. Or if you're doing, you know, do something different in your training. Okay. Um, number two, look a little bit closer at your diet. Chances are you're not eating enough. So consider increasing your food intake just a little bit, doing like a quote unquote mini bulk and then, and then dropping back the calories again. But also, if you're at a super low calorie intake, if you're eating 11, 1,200 calories, your metabolism is too slow, really, for you to be doing a cut. So you should spend some time ramping it up. And most of the time, when, when I help clients get their food intake up, 
they think it's counterintuitive, but then they start to lose some body fat because the metabolism starts to increase and their body actually starts to change. And then the other thing is um, something that I have a bad habit with is not meal prepping for the weekends because I'm going to be home. And what that then leads to is not eating the way that I want to eat. You know, I either eat way too little or I just eat way too little and it's not the right food. So look at these. There, There's three things right there that I just said that she could do right. that w- would potentially make a massive difference even though I have no idea what type of training she's doing, what type of situation she's in. Like if she's only doing cardio and I say go and change the way you're training, lift and strength, hypertrophy or muscular endurance, right. she could choose one of those she three could. things and see some massive progress, okay? So – you know, it, it doesn't necessarily matter that we don't know all of the particulars because you can still give some pretty decent advice from yeah. it. Yeah, and I would even to add a fourth point onto that, like, look, look, what is your sleep like? What are the stresses? Do you have a highly stressful job? Do you think you can eliminate some stress from your life? Um, you know, spend some self care, me time, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that would be my suggestion as too. Oh, for me, um, I'd say uh, stuff that skin in your pants and uh, get on with your day. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> like a dick. Whatever. So with Is that, that that's disgusting. <laughs> with that being said, thanks for listening to this episode of Drive with Woody Fit. I'm your host, Nate Woods. With Megan Woods. And Michael Stewart. And if you could do us a huge solid Stewart. and leave us a review, a review, rating and review Duh. on Facebook or on iTunes. That would be absolutely stellar. And also check out the free guides that we have to offer over at executivefitllc.com forward slash guides. Um, there's a Arm240 Bravo workout and a basic training workout that we've created for you guys. So go check that out. And with that, we'll see you next time on the show. Bye, kids. Bye.